Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Power Your Life, and I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here. Speaking of powering our lives, oftentimes one of the most, I won't even say often, one of the most important ingredients to our lives is love. And so the question is, what is, what is your love intelligence? Now, does that, that question stump you a little bit? Well, we're going to find out so much more about that and how love is such a primary and important aspect to our lives, to feeling good about ourselves, to our confidence, and so much more. And I have the perfect guest. I'm talking about Natasha McCray, who is a coach, a speaker, a filmmaker, an actress, as well as an author. And she's also the founder of Love CEO Institute and the creator of, yes, listen to this, The Feel Good Method affectionately known as the Love CEO, Natasha coaches ambitious women on how to improve their love intelligence by igniting self-love, tapping into authentic goals, and awakening genuine confidence while achieving feminine power so that they, we, can design the life they want and attract the desires of their and our hearts. Natasha believes that women are the gatekeepers to love. When they, or we, tap into love power, we can create the life and relationships that we deserve. So think a minute. If you're stressed, overwhelmed, or just not living your best, Natasha will teach you how to tap into your love power so you can make loving your life a beautiful lifestyle, and make the shift from love employee to love CEO. You are powerful, Natasha McCray. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Anytime I can talk about love, it's like, yes. And, you know, and I think it's so important. It's basic to how we feel good and everything about it. So, firstly, first, Talk a little bit about what love intelligence is, because we need it, and we need to know what it is first. Yes, yes, we definitely should. So think of emotional intelligence, but on steroids. Um, And love intelligence is an array of characteristics and behaviors that display compassion for oneself, compassion for others. You are then, you then have the ability to perceive love because sometimes we don't recognize it and understand it and express it and most importantly, receive it. Some of our, some of our receptors are, are blocked. Um, so love intelligence is set up of five core values. 
which is self-awareness, self-compassion, empathy, expression, and receiving. Um, it's so important that we keep those ideas in the forefront of our mind and and we can really lean into it on a daily. It just becomes second nature because we're all born with it. Everyone is born with love intelligence. I mean, think about the self-awareness of a, of a newborn knowing they are hungry, knowing they're uncomfortable, the compassion that they give themselves by, yeah, by self-soothing, you know. It's, and it's empathy, so instinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what blocks are if it's natural and we're and we all are born with it and have it in you know within us what blocks it what blocks it from our awareness and from our knowing and seeing it and and being a part of it I believe that when we were born with love intelligence but societal where whether it's our parents um their past traumas that they haven't been healed from or just how they navigate through life. So if a child is expressing themselves, it might be sit down. It's not the right time to do that. Or, um, you know, don't hug strangers, which is a very safe thing not to do. But it's our parents and society have really set up those blocks for ourselves where it becomes about other people, doing things, navigating life that make other people comfortable or don't do this because it's going to make someone else not comfortable. So our, our focus begins to be external, but not external from an innate loving place, but external from, I believe, a people-pleasing or societal-pleasing place. And when we do that, we begin to lose sight of ourselves. Um, we begin to lose sight that we're – we are not the number one. We are the most important person in this play. Um, then we, when you block that so often, you block the self-awareness, you block your self-compassion, then it's going to be very hard for you to have empathy for yourself. It's going to be you very know, hard. I, and I also think, and, and, and I believe you do too, is that when we start with that self-love, it can really then extend out even more deeply to other people because we're understanding it from, you know, from our own, our own selves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, perfect sense. And it's important to know that, like, a lot growing up, I know for me, I, I came from being a love addict, so I was always out there searching, where can I get it from, where can I get it from, get the love, get the attention. And when... I really needed to grasp that I had it already. I had it. And therefore, it becomes a magnet. Because when I dove into self-love after, you know, two divorces and going to hours of therapy and coaching, when I dove into self-love, I began to attract all the other things that I wanted in my life. And most of the time we think, how do I attract the things I want in my life? We're constantly thinking externally. Oh, I want this career. I want to be with that person. We're thinking our focus and attention is on the external versus the internal. So how did you get to that place of shifting and, and understanding that so you could really then focus within and see how 
love was naturally already manifesting within you and in your life? A lot of heartache. A lot of heartache. Um, I mentioned after my second divorce, um, I was a single mom for years, which put me on the trajectory of not really focusing on myself and constantly grinding life out, uh, which is a dirty word in my in my uh, <laughs> in Love CEO Institute. Grind grinding is is a dirty word, um, and so I just I went through a terrible heartache burnout, complete burnout, where, you know, my skin, my health started to deteriorate. And when I went to therapy, I, a friend of mine invited me to, to a group therapy session. And in going to that group session, I met a woman who had a program where she walked you through like 20 courses to really get back in, in touch with yourself or 20 systems to get back in touch with yourself. And so I went through that. Um, and when I did that, I began to realize that I was a love addict. I didn't even know what love addiction was. I began, I realized I was a love addict. Um, and at that point, knowing I was a love addict, I said, I'm so drawn to love. What is this thing? And so I began to read every white paper you could possibly think of, went to therapy, went, read every single book, personal development courses. And I just began to pull myself back up out of the ashes of that heartbreak and feeling like I was less than. And, you know, I had dropped out of college, and I just knew that I needed to understand what love was. And so I began to dissect it. I began to dissect love. And I started with myself because that's all I knew. I was like, who's your best friend? You. You know, instead Hopefully. of me constantly still going, yeah, yes, I, I made myself my best friend. I'm my BFF. <laughs> I love it. I did yeah. too. <laughs> so, you know, you talk about being a love addict, and there are probably or some of our listeners who are thinking, uh-oh, am I a love addict? What? What are some of the characteristics of a love addict? So, again, we can shift that and really tap into that power, that love power that's within us. Yeah. So, for me, love addiction showed up in um, constantly people-pleasing, and that is that, that comes on a, I guess you wouldn't think on the nose, like people-pleasing, you're a love addict, but that is one of my symptoms, people-pleasing. I would also date individuals and know that they weren't going to live up to a certain uh, standard that I had. And so immediately, after, after the honeymoon phase wore, wore off, I ended up, you know, jumping into the next relationship. And it wasn't – sometimes when I say love addiction, people are constantly thinking sex addiction, but it's not. It's – really that romantic, that romanticized version of love, that euphoria, the endorphins um, that are coming from manufactured places. You know, it's like, oh, you are so excited and you think you're in love with this person, but it's just like, oh, you guys may have been making out, and therefore you have activated some of those chemical responses that we have. And then when those chemical responses wear off, you're like having withdrawals. 
you think something's immediately wrong. And so I would constantly jump to the next relationship. Um, I was never fully um, satisfied in relationships, but I felt like I needed to still stay around someone. You know, when we're staying longer in relationships than we should, that type of thing. Right. Um, but what we, but with love addiction, you're really dependent upon the uh, oxytocin, the endorphins that are being released, and when that goes away, something you feel like the world has crashed. And love has many different facets, so it's not just all, like you said, all those wonderful endorphins and that, that energy. It, mm-hmm. it has so It's more than that. Now, I love what you're doing in terms of love CEO and, the, and love employee what, and your institute. Tell our listeners, Natasha, what, what's the difference and how do they get from a love employee to a love CEO. Oh man. I love so it. my background, I yeah, I whenever I hear someone say that, I'm like it gives paints such a perfect picture for me because my background um I came from over 20 25 years of executive assistant to C-level executive. And with working with CEOs and CFOs and COOs, the whole C-suite I was able to watch how they navigated a challenge at the office versus how the average employee navigated a challenge. A challenge would come up and the average employee would complain about it, point the finger about who, whose problem it was, um, not necessarily lean into solutions. Now, a CEO, the CEOs I've worked with, they were constantly looking for the solution. They weren't wallowing in the problem. And I feel that if we thought about ourselves and love from that perspective, we could we would be so powerful because we know that we are the solution. We are the solution. Love is the solution. Opposed to when I'm talking to someone about dating, oh, there aren't enough single guys in L.A. or there are different or when they're talking about work, complaining about the job that you have. Now, if you leaned into love, you would, it would either reframe the job that you currently have or it would reframe you taking what you really shouldn't be taking. It would reframe you stepping out into the dream or the goal that you really want versus complaining about the job that you actually have. Or you would start build a new per- perception, a new perspective. So when you're when a, what a love CEO does is a love CEO understands that they have access to love, that they can use love to work in their favor, and that they can design the life that they want when they tap into a deeper understanding and a deeper experience to love, versus looking you know, at all the so life circumstances. Mm-hmm. Sorry, because if all we're doing is complaining and and looking at the lack and and really like you said not really focusing on on the love and the love power that's within us that already exists we're missing mm-hmm. so much and we are not allowing ourselves to really experience the the height of our love power 
So I keep talking about yeah. love power because that's what you do so much. Tell what's love power? <laughs> oh, I I'm, I was about to say I love it. I'm someone who you I I had someone count how many times I say love in an interview. <laughs> how many times I say love in my my entire life? Love power is when you've activated or reignited the love intelligence in you and you understand that you're part of a collective consciousness of love, you will, ne- you will walk through life with two inches taller. You'll walk through life with understanding that you can have anything you want. You'll walk through life not feeling like there is a lack. As you mentioned, there's a lack in your life. You will understand that you can design things the way that you want. Um, love power is when you have, you have gone through the cycle of what love intelligence is, where you have that self-awareness for yourself, you have that compassion for yourself, you show yourself empathy, and you're able to express authentic love, not simply people-pleasing, And then you're also open to receiving love because what you generate, you will receive. So it's it's very intricate, but it's very simple at the same time. You tap into that self-love, you navigate life differently, and things begin to show up for you. It's like you become the puppet master of your life. I love that, puppet master. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So you you say that women are the gatekeepers to love. I think that's wonderful, but some people, especially some guys, may say, well, what does that mean? So tell us what that means. Why are we women the gatekeepers? And what do we need to do with that? Oh, you know, there was a research that was done, and they looked at all the countries that, we're struggling, underdeveloped, um, famine, the, the wealth of the company was struggling. And then they took a map and they juxtaposed the map with areas where the women were second-class citizens. And the maps coincided. Wow. And so women have a power in simply their beingness. And when we can activate that, I call it the silent warrior. Now, don't get it twisted. We have, we do speak up. We do, you know, have a bomb experience of life. However, I think there is this internal knowing that women have that gives them the, the capability to build nations through our children. And if you didn't birth children, I know a lot of women who have children that they didn't even birth simply by their example of people who have co- are coming behind them. So we carry that innately in our spirit. We carry capability of building the na- building nations. We know that if in our families we raise up our children to live a certain way and those children go out into the world, 
and those, it's a ripple effect. It is a ripple effect. So whether it's a child that you've birthed or I'm going to say metaphorically a child that you are inspiring, you have the power to change the world because you are a ripple effect. People watch how women are living. We have our hand on the pulse, and there's no denying that. That's powerful. That really is powerful. And and we need to own up to that and, again, be able to spread that as well as experience that wholeheartedly within ourselves. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes I work with with people who say, I keep attracting the same man. Not only am I attracting the uh-huh. same partner, or, but but I'm attracting my father or my mother. Or So what do they need to do to shift that and to really have a different awareness of partners that they're bringing into their lives, but more so about who they are and what they're doing more consciously? Yeah, that's so important. It's interesting because the, before therapy, I attracted men who had some of my mo- mother's disposition. Um, and then after therapy, I attracted uh, my husband now has more of my father's disposition. And it's really interesting because we're, I find that as we grow up and we are adolescents and then we hit puberty, we tend to idolize our fathers in a way. And I feel the reason I attracted, I didn't attract uh, people who had just a solid father disposition is because I was just angry at my dad. I was angry at my dad because I found out that I had twin brothers who, you know, were not my mother's children and my parents were still married. And, yeah, and so order for me, because I tell people, my second husband was identical to the, was the same man I married the first time, but just in a different body. You know, they were identical. And it's a pattern that repeats. But I truly believe that when you – it starts with self-love. When you totally understand who you are and what your desires are and what your needs are, then you will begin – oh, and heal. Let's not, let's not forget that. When you heal, then you will attract a healthier experience in relationships. And in order to stop the pattern, you have to address the pattern. I think what happens is we sit around, because I did this, where I was like, oh, I just keep attracting the same guy. I didn't really address the pattern. I just talked about it. So and again, rest, like yeah. you say, and I, and I agree that first understanding about it is that awareness. Not okay. So yeah, you are. But next, what? Okay, that's what I'm doing. But okay, what do I do with it? Right? And and how to move yeah. forward with? Yeah, and identify what it is that what is serving you in that. What it is that you're seeking. How is that? Um, what 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 hole is it filling? What gap are you trying to fill? And just really being honest with yourself. No one's going to look at your journal. Ask the question. You can ask the question in journal because you have all the answers inside of you. Whenever I'm coaching clients, I'm not coaching them to, you know, do what Natasha says. I'm coaching them to really tap into their own intuition about what they should be doing. And so that's something that I would encourage someone who's constantly attracting the same type of person. 
look at the commonalities of those individuals and then ask yourself, why, am I, why do I want them in my space? Why am I attracting this? And then what do you, you know, do? You know, you just you release something. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so important what you said. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You you also brought something up that that a lot of people will respond. You know, like, well, how is it serving you? And the and for some people, the initial response is, well, it's not serving me. Well, yeah, it's not. But on some level, some there's a reason why you keep doing that. And is it because you don't want to feel good about yourself, or you know, you know, whatever yeah. it is? But you, like you said, you have to delve deeper into yourself to get that level of awareness and that understanding of why and who and what the pull is, even if it may not be a favorable pull, but it's still there and it's still a part of you. Yeah, and it's so hard sometimes to do that simply because, I I mean, I remember when I first went to therapy, I was depressed for a month. Even though it was helping me, I was excavating some things, but I got depressed because, I had to address why I was allowing that those people in my space. I could no longer look at them and be like, oh, it's a womanizing, you know, dog I'm attracting. I had to go, why did I allow that person in my space? Was it because they made me feel important? Because they were definitely knew how to charm, you know? Right. Um, was it, yeah, was it because I didn't want to be alone? Uh, was it because I didn't think I could get any better because, I was a single mom and I hadn't finished college and was it that? There were all those things I had to address and then accept myself. Yes, I was a single mom. Yes, I had dropped out of college. That's okay. That is okay. That's part of my journey. And, you know, uh, your journey is beautiful because it led you to to do that self-exploration, not always easy, but but come out of it with, with that wonderful understanding and be able to share it with other people so that they too could benefit from their own love power and be able, like you said, to extend it outward to other people. So the million-dollar question, what are some of the components of self-love that maybe we need to really pay attention to? I think one of the most, the biggest ones is self-care. Um, self-care is an expression of self-love. And I know that right now in the the world, in the consciousness, a lot of self-care is being thrown around out there, and it's maybe not a lot in depth. And some people are going, well, what is self-care? I don't even like massages. And the type of self-care that I'm talking about is self-care that you develop a personalized blueprint based on, your needs and your desires, which goes back to the self-awareness. Like, what do you like? You know, I have a couple of clients who are like, I don't even want people touching me. I don't like massages. And so massages is not their thing, but, you know, uh, brain dumping and meditating is their their thing. So I would – I truly believe that if we can lean into activating self-care on a continuous basis – it's the same as you're courting yourself. Like if you were starting a new relationship and the person never called you, how would you think about that person? Do you, yeah. do you set dates up with yourself? How do you? And so we have to 
really look ourselves in the mirror. So self-love, I say self-care is a major component. Um, mirror work, all the things I'm going to mention are part of the type of self-care blueprints that I help people develop. So um, doing mirror work, how many times have you really looked yourself in the eye and said, I love you, versus kind of looking at yourself while you brush your hair in the mirror? And um, looking at yourself saying, oh, I don't like this, or oh, look at that. or Yes, <laughs> right. yes, yes. How many times have you spoke to yourself? How many times have you lobbied for yourself? Um, I break down self-care into the scripture, 1 Corinthians, um, and they read it a lot at, at weddings. Love is patient, love is kind, love is this, but I don't think people are really leaning into what that, that is. And so what I've done is I, I have people break down that and look at the words, like what is kindness, what is perseverance, patience, and how does that show up in your life? And how can you show yourself these things as an act of self-love on a daily? Are you mad at yourself? You know, that's so important. Truly so important, that self-love aspect. When I was a kid, I, you know, I wasn't compassionate for myself. I was angry. I was like, like, and I had to shift that in terms of being more loving and more compassionate but that was that was a process, and so it's so important, and and not only important for us, but to really ingrain in our our kids and in other people at an early age to be able to have those those self help self awareness skills to love themselves and put that out in the world like you're doing so beautifully. Yeah, the thing I think that's happened is it's just. No one really knows what to do with it. Um, and people don't know how to, to teach love. They feel like, oh, you're going to get it from your parents. Your parents love you. I mean, they're doing the best that they can. But, I, you know, I went back to school and got a degree in psychology, and I've always been that left brain. I mean, you know, left brain, right brain as a com- combination. So we think of love and we think, oh, it's the right brain, the creative aspect of things. But then we go in. I think of love from a left crane perspective as well. And so that's why, you know, the methods, the formulas, that type of thing really spoke to me. And that way I could put a face on what it looks like. And when you start to understand how you love yourself, you can also not waste time with people who don't love, who don't love you in that way. And you know, it's people wonder, too- oh, does this person love me? Isn't it important to bring people into our lives that can love you, that are capable yeah. of loving you, and also love themselves? Because, like you said, yes. sometimes when they're they're not loving themselves, they're not going to know how to love you very effectively either. No, they won't. They won't. And I, I know for you know a fact in my world, I don't even know if I was as as I'm like, oh, I was a love addict. You know that's. I could talk about that definition of what that is, but early on, I don't think I really loved these people. I was using them. I was using them to fill a hole in my life. I expected them to be something different, too. Right. So 
tell our listeners, because I, I already see people, I want to know more. I want to know how I can tap into my love intelligence. I want to be a love CEO. <laughs> tell our listeners how they can learn more about your program, find out more about how to make that shift and do what yeah. they need to do to attract the desires of their heart in so many ways and and shift to a self-love stance. Yeah, self-love stance, self-love lifestyle. So everyone um, can find me at Love CEO Institute. Um, you can go there. You can learn about our community. I just started a new um, private membership community which ushers people into that lifestyle with reminders and self-care prompts and um, goal affirmations and a lot of information there for the busy person because I, I was a course junkie for such a long time and I was like, I can't spend any more time doing stuff. So we show you how to tap into your love power um, seamlessly so it's a lifestyle at Love CEO Institute. And then I'm also on social media um, as Natasha McCray, M-C-C-R-E-A. Uh, I'm very Googleable. <laughs> but I love, love CEO Institute <laughs> is where I would love for everyone to go and start. Good. What would you like to leave our listeners with, and what's next for you, Natasha? I want everyone who can hear my voice to know that love is infinite. There is a super abundance of it, and you have access to it. Understanding that you are love, understanding that love is infinite, and knowing that you are the most important character in this movie of your life. That's what I want people to know. That's beautiful. And it's not about ego. It's about on that innate awareness and understanding that you're talking about that, that's so much a part of it and so profound and yet really so basic at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's very basic, but yet it's very impactful. So what's next for you? Oh, yes. So I'm very excited about We literally just launched this membership, so that is happening right now. But I'm also um, directing a documentary film um, about the lost recipes of the African diaspora. So basically, if your grandmother or auntie, you know, passed away today, are those recipes going with them? Um, and wow. so I'm working on that documentary. Yeah. And it's really about awareness, too, the family awareness. It's, that, it's My whole life is connected. There's a major synergy. So those are the two major things that are um, happening in my world. And I'm also launching a whiskey brand. Um, so when you come to Love CEO Institute and you come into the fold, you get all of that information um, via email from me as well. Wonderful. Well, you are a guest. You are a love gift. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much you. for being on the show and for helping our listeners and, all, and, and so many people begin to awaken 
and their love intelligence and and live it and be it and share it. Thank you so much for you. I thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So think about what Natasha McRae said because it's so important to access that, firstly, the awareness, but to access that love that's really within you. And, and, and as she's been talking about, you have to be able to be aware of what's been getting in the way of that and also what love means, that basic self-love, so that you could give it to yourself. And when you give it to yourself, it kind of makes you pretty much unstoppable in, in so many ways. And one of the ways in terms of empowering your lives is to really tap into that love that's within you and really figure out and work with your love intelligence to help you shine and help other people that you're connected to shine and really make a difference. So today, take one step forward into your power, into your love awakening and really experience some self-love, some self-care in a beautiful way. If you want to get a hold of me, I'll give you the short version. Go to docwhite.org. And remember, you have the ability to access that love within you, and you also have the ability to access your power and your infinite potential. Have a beautiful day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.